Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. start this week's raw ups and downs by me Simon Miller getting on my high horse and just reminding you because I think sometimes we all forget or people misconstrue what I'm saying if you make it to WWE or AEW Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor whatever you are a tremendously successful professional wrestler of course you are imagine when you first have your match and you suck because that's just the way of things and then a few years down the line a huge promotion rings you up and says oh hello would you like to come in you are going to be so happy so even if we the fans sometimes don't like a story, you still have to appreciate the personal side. Right, good. I'm glad that's off my chest. Now, welcome to the show. And we do have to talk about Raw, the strangest wrestling program, maybe on television, because you just never know what you're going to get. It's like that Forrest Gump thing, all oh, is like a box of chocolates. But at least when you're eating a chocolate, it's usually quite nice in your mouth. Raw, who even knows? Let's up those downs. <laughs> TV kicked off Raw this week, and just to sum it up in a nice little package, I think we need to stop doing Miz TV. That's nothing against the Miz, I think he's great and a bona fide Hall of Famer, but we have been doing these for years, and they never really change. And I kind of realised during this one, I'm not really watching Miz TV, I'm kind of just looking through it. He was talking to all the money in the bank competitors though, and I think the highlight of this was of course John Morrison was the first guy out there, and he called himself America's Moist Wanted. Now that is the daftest and stupidest thing I've ever heard, but again, that's why I enjoyed it so much. Drew McIntyre was next and he was going on about history again, so I guess he just has a passion for that at the moment. And then Ricochet followed and thankfully WWE really sold that crazy dive he did last week. So now it feels even more important than it did. And then Riddle was here and he climbed up a ladder and went, oh man, I'm so high. I laughed because I'm a moron, but also because Riddle is the best thing about Raw. AJ Styles and Omos followed, and I kind of realized the entire locker room is basically in the ring, which is why we keep getting rematches all the time. And of course, AJ is still really pissed off that Drew was put in that main event last week because he didn't think it was fair. And I was like, Styles, you do make a very good point, 
but I just think you've got to let it go. Life's too short and you've got to enjoy yourself. Omos 2 is just insanely tall. Like, I know we all know that, but he was stood next to the ladder here and he was basically at the top of it. And my brain couldn't fathom anyone being that high. And I know you can't teach that. Somebody used to tell me. And because he is such a big dude, he basically threw Riddle off the ladder, which meant he re-injured his already injured foot. This led to a big brawl as well as Drew clotheslining Omos over the top rope. And I think that's the most offense that anybody's ever done on him. And then John Morrison and Ricochet were throwing barbs and Rick grabbed the drip stick and broke it. Because he really, really doesn't like that drip stick. All of this was fine too, but ultimately it was pointless. Like what had we achieved by the end of it? Absolutely nothing. And did it get me more excited for Money in the Bank? Don't know who that is, someone on the phone. But the answer is no. So you gotta get it down. And really, it was just creatively redundant. And that maybe sounds a little bit too harsh, but it's like you could have done whatever you wanted here and you just had people speaking at each other. And talking about being creatively redundant, we then had round two between John Morrison and Ricochet. Now, I do think that WWE is obsessed with rematches, as we've already mentioned, but there's always a caveat to this, because when the rematch is between Johnny Drip Drip and Ricochet, how the hell can you not be entertained? I mean, they are so athletic and they're so high-flying, and they just make you have a good time and have fun. So for that reason, it's getting it up. Well, we did have some callbacks two seven days ago, because this time Ricochet jumped off the Mrs. Wheelchair, but John Morrison caught him and threw him into the barracks. We also basically ended this in the exact same way that we had ended it before. They did another crazy spot this time through the ropes. They both hit on the floor. And while it wasn't as nuts as the last one, it was still pretty dumb. Oh, I can't believe it. But this time, even though John Morrison was able to get back in before he got counted out, Miz then went and kind of drove his wheelchair in the way of Ricochet, meaning he couldn't answer the referee's count. So he got counted out. I mean, that's just lame. It's just Really, really lame, especially because next week we are doing <laughs> Ricochet versus John Morrison round three, although this time it's a false count anywhere. So I suppose that's kind of good because it ties into the story. Why is Miz even allowed out there? When does he not interfere? Down. We then just got the most out of character skit ever because we zoomed to the back and all of a sudden driving into the arena on a motorcycle was Jinder Mahal. Now I'm sure this was done to paint him as a badass and look, I really love Jinder, I think he's underrated. Who does he think he is? The Undertaker? This felt like a kid that had snuck out to the garage and stolen his dad's bike. We are absolutely heading to a feud between him and Drew McIntyre though, because when he was being interviewed, he said, hey, let me tell you a little story. I uh, text messaged Drew McIntyre the other day and he took forever to get back to me. And even though I asked him, hey bro, do you want to hang out? He said no. So now I am very upset with this Scottish man. So the feud is actually going to be based off that, which is incredible, although it gets better in a little while. Although when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, well, actually, sometimes people don't message me back and it gets me super duper pissed. So maybe this is actually better than I'm giving it credit. Nia Jack, Shane, Baser, and Reginald were there continuing their horror story. They were having a chat and Reg was like, oh, I think Alexa Bliss is watching us. But then when they looked for Alexa Bliss, she wasn't there. These three then walked off and surprise, surprise, Alexa was watching them. And this kind of comes across like she's just a little bit creepy because I realized when you watch a horror movie, the reason you get scared is you're like, oh man, maybe they're gonna kill someone. Whereas with Alexa, all we know she's going to do is make black goo come out of your head or hypnotize you. 
that doesn't really worry me. All these bonkers skits then continue because we cut to Naomi, Oscar, and almost a superhero, Nikki Cross. And Naomi was like, oh man, you gotta be a superhero, it's gonna be so great. And Nikki was like, let me stop you there, citizen. You called me a superhero, but I'm almost a superhero. I was like, what are you doing? Why would you talk yourself down? They all get away with it though, because Nikki Cross is clearly enjoying this so much, it kind of radiates out the screen and hits me right in the face. And after she had gone to the ring, and my word, was she excited about her entrance music, Alexa Bliss was here and she was like, oh man, look at me, I'm undead and I'm gonna win money in the bank. Oscar and Naomi were like, yeah, yeah, you probably will. This then led to a massive women's tag team match and a small part of me thought this was such a shame because we seem to have fallen back into the pattern of just taking as many ladies as possible and throwing them into one big schmoz. You could have divided all these people up and had a bunch of awesome singles feuds but they did all try very hard and I thought it was fine up. But yeah, it was Cross, Naomi, Oscar and Alexa Bliss, who I suppose is a baby face now, taking on Shayna Bozer, Nia Jax, Eve Marie and Do Drop. Excuse me, we don't call her that on this show. We call her The Drop because it's a far better name. So I suppose really when you take a step back and look at it, yes, this just was a bunch of rematches but dressed a little bit differently. This was all about Eva Marie being Eva Marie too, because when she thought she did have the advantage, she would tag in, but as soon as somebody was about to kick her ass, she tagged out. This didn't really work, because when she was outside of the square circle, Alexa Bliss basically snapped around and went, bah, and tried to scare her. Once again, I wasn't really that scared. Jackson the Drop were then working over Oscar, and I thought, oh, they may actually be quite a good team, and they do have a great name because I just called them Jackson the Drop, which sounds like your first ever metal band. But of course, it all went bad for Naya when she started to get worried about Reginald being hypnotized. I think Alexa Bliss had him in a trance at one point, so that's literally his role every week. Shayna was done with this though, so she just grabbed Alexa and chucked her right into the barricade, and that made me chuckle, because a good way to deal with it. And we are still teasing that maybe Nia Jax and Baszler are about to break up, because at one point, they just collided into each other, and even Marie was back being even Marie. I don't know why I gave this enough. Nikki Cross actually had the whole thing won when she pulled off a Magistyle Cradle onto Shayna Baszler. But man, did we make her look silly? Because that wasn't a legal woman. It turned out Nia Jax was. The poor superhero got Samoan dropped and she lost. I don't think she's going to be saving anyone soon. Eva Marie did the whole, oh, I won the match. I'm the best afterwards. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Quick backstage bit with MVP and Bobby Lashley followed because Kevin Patrick once again just walked into their locker room and they were like, dude, didn't we tell you a few weeks ago, stop doing it, you absolute buffoon. Bob told us though that he did take last week off because he just wanted to chill out, but because Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods had said nasty things about them, he was back to beat everybody up. Good for you, Bobby. I hope you do it. Mustafa Ali was then fighting Mansoor. What? And I thought he was manipulating him a la Roman Reigns. And look, he did chuck Mansoor out of the Battle Royal last week. And we had a skit that happened after the fact. And Ali was like, look, man, you've got to learn. Otherwise, you're going to turn into me. But this really did come out of nowhere. The real shame is that they only got two minutes and that we made poor Mansoor look like an absolute geek. Because at one point, Ali got his foot trapped in the ropes, like, I don't know, some kind of mouse in a mouse trap. And because Mansoor's a really good person, he let Ali out only to walk into the most devastating moment, all the sports entertainment, the surprise roll up and get beat. So this didn't make me go, oh man, Ali's so smart. It made me go, Mansoor, you stupid, stupid boy. WWE also tried to pitch this as Ali proving his point but I didn't really get that at all. Also, do you remember when Mansoor had over 50 victories? He was on a streak. My word, did we get rid of that? 
And I want to point out, much like I talked about in the intro, I think Mansoor is brilliant, I think Ali is absolutely phenomenal, but these kind of stories, they just don't work. Down. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Drew was then back talking about more history. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he said he fought the Loch Ness Monster, or one of his ancestors did, and that's what his Claymore sword is made out of, the tooth of the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, that may not be correct at all, but... (laughs) a lot of information at me and this is kind of what I extrapolated from it. Fair play to McIntyre too because somehow he always makes this gibberish works and I was kind of noting down in my notes at the time oh I bet we see Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam but my word was I wrong because the next match was Jinder Mahal versus SummerSlam. No not versus SummerSlam versus Drew McIntyre. So we got there after just 60 minutes of build although fair play to Corey Graves for actually telling the story that WWE should be telling. Both of these guys were in 3MB the 3M band. They both got fired. They both returned and they both became WWE champion. That's enough for me. That's a terrific narrative. But as ever, WWE can't leave good enough alone. I do want to point out that I really enjoyed this because both guys are really big and you could tell how big they were. And much like Big E, sometimes I just want to see two big hosses slamming together man meat. I mean, at one point, Drew grabbed Jinder and gave him that overhead belly-to-belly suplex. I was like, oh man, yeah, he is whooping some ass. So I'm giving the effort and how much I enjoyed the 
action and up. But otherwise, this was pointless. Fair play to Drew because he kept busting out 3MB poses and that made me chuckle. But just as he was about to hit the Claymore, in came Jinder Mahal's new rookies, cronies, men. I don't know what the hell we're going to call them. And they attacked McIntyre, which meant, that's right, it ended in a DQ. So why did we even do the match? And what has happened to my body? Down. Mahal then hit the Colossus before leaving the ring. If you can believe it. He took Drew's sword, not a euphemism, and he got on the microphone and said something like, you took something from me, Drew. I was like, what the hell did he take from me? He didn't reply, but I don't know what this is about. So now I am <laughs> going to take your sword. And it ran off. So the story is actually going to be, you didn't reply to my message, so now I nicked your medieval weapon. So no, we're not allowed to do who's going to do best between these two former friends, now enemies, and instead we are going to be doing sword versus iPhone. Why the hell not? Also, yes, bring down the DQ board. It rolls up to 38 in 2021. Although fair play to WWE. This is the first one since Hell in the Cell. The 38 is still too much for the entire year we only in July. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods were then just being great. They had an interview and they made you feel like not only is their main event tag team match the most important thing you're ever going to see in your life, but when Kofi Kingston does take on Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank, maybe, just maybe, he will become the new WWE champion. And while that's not going to happen, I will tell you the truth, if it did, I wouldn't mind it at all. Woods also finishes off by saying it's going to be a breeze, which was a wink and a nod to Tyler Breeze, who recently got released. And I just thought that was a really nice and a really lovely thing to do. It was then time for our battle of, well, where the hell did you guys go? Because after weeks of being absent, here was T-Bar and Mace, and they were taking on the Lucha House Party. And if somebody can tell me where they have been for around about the last 32 years, I would massively appreciate it. Also, <laughs> this went two minutes down. The former Retribution guys just absolutely kicked the crap out of these two luchadors too, until Linz Dorado was on top of T-Bar's shoulders, went for a Hurricane Rana, finished that off with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and just pinned them. And afterwards, T-Bar and Mace were like, oh, damn it, I can't believe they got us like that. That grandmother Metalik didn't even make me some cakes and give me a cup of tea. I don't know why we did this. I mean, the only good part I can tell you is that Dorado's mask was inspired by Kane and he looked really, really cool. But otherwise, who the hell knows where this is going? Damien Priest and Riddle were then having a chat backstage and you already know the deal with this. Damien Priest was being really nice to Riddle and Riddle acted like a child. For some reason, it made him come across great. Riddle is also now telling people that the three most dangerous letters in WWE are RK Bro. And of course, that makes no sense. And it made Damien Priest last. But also, every time he mentions Randy Orton, he looks to the sky as if Orton has died. All of this, well, I really enjoyed it. Because as I always say, I have many, many problems. Amazingly, this did lead to AJ Styles versus Riddle, which did tie into the opening segment and justified it. And while once again, we are just falling into doing the same matches over and over, flub me, this was good. Up. We also had another story too, because of course, Riddle has an injured foot at the moment. So AJ Styles went after that right away. He doesn't have any regard for toes. The absolute best bit, however, is when, of course, Riddle had to fight on one leg, so he assumed the crane kick position a la the Karate Kid, and I tell you, the noises that came out of my mouth, it was like a goat giving birth. I love the Karate Kid, and even though it is properly old at this point, I don't care, you should be making as many Karate Kid references as possible, especially because Riddle went for that thing, and he hit it too. If he didn't have an injured foot, he may have been able to capitalize on it. So that'd be AJ Styles got back up. 
put him in the calf crusher. I was having a rollicking good time with this as well. Before we got to the finish, WWE went WWE. Because from behind the barriers, look at me keep laughing, all of a sudden, the Viking Raiders just popped up. That's all they did. So they were in a crouching position, and then they stood upwards, and that was enough to distract AJ Styles. I was like, AJ, my man, come here. You really need to work on not being distracted by things like this. As such, too, Riddle, wait for it, give it a count of three. One, two, three. Busted out the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and he won. Does WWE just only, like, they look at it, they got a book, and it's called The Book of Finishes. And they look at it in this one page, and it says, just roll up everybody. Because I joke about it, but that maneuver has beaten more people than the Tombstone, than the Stunner, than the Pedigree. It is essentially infallible. Riddle then dedicated the match to Orton and continued to point towards the sky, and that thing is just fabulous. But actually, we achieved a lot here. We can now build to AJ Styles and Omos taking on the Viking Raiders, which is going to happen next week. But then also that, we can build to AJ Styles and Omos taking on RK Bro, because Riddle did win here. So again, we do have to kill the surprise roll-up, but ultimately this was quite the success. Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley followed, and I want to make it very clear, which has been the theme of this week's ups and downs, I think they are great wrestlers. I think they're terrific, I think they have good characters. But when it comes to this story, flub me sideways. It's like when Bart and Lisa Simpson had that fight and one of them went, well, I'm just going to kick and walk this way and if I get you, I get you. And the other one was like, well, I'm going to do this with my arms and if I get you, I get you. They kind of just keep colliding and nobody has any idea why. Down. Because the Queen came to the ring to update us about her injury that she had suffered after Rhea Ripley had given her a chop block. And I have seen so many chop blocks in WWE straight away I was like, nope. I'm not buying it. She also had a crutch as she was trying to sell the whole shebang. When out came Rhea Ripley and she had a crutch as well. And of course you were like, oh, all right, both these people are faking it, which does not help when it comes to, well, who is the good guy and who is the bad guy? And some people always respond to that by saying, well, sometimes we can have shades of grey. And you're totally right. But in this scenario, I'm judging it on the merits of what I'm seeing. And I really do need a good guy and a bad guy. At one point, they both kicked the other's crutch away to prove that neither of them were injured. And then like they were 12 years old, they pick up the crutches, they went zoom, and they turned them into lightsabers, and they started to have a crutch fight. And I think what we were meant to take away is that they were each other's equal when it came to crutch fighting until eventually Rhea Ripley kind of went twonk and hit Charlotte in the stomach and she ran away. And I think the key to all of it is once again, does this make me want to see that match more? And the answer is no. Raw was then teetering off a cliff and unfortunately fell off the side. This is the problem with the Monday night programming. You just don't know what they're gonna do down. But it was Cedric Alexander and Elias taking on Jackson Riker and R-Truth. And I was just left with so many questions. The biggest one being, how can we still be doing Elias versus Jackson Riker matches? We saw Jackson whoop his ass last week with a strap. Surely it should be done. It also began with all the 24-7 nonsense. And I really don't like to crap all over it because I know it's nobody's fault. But we have been doing the same skit for two years now. So it's just really boring. But that meant our truth ran away because he wants to get his baby back. And then Elias belled as well because he's a prick. Which meant Jackson Riker hit his big slam thingamadrig on Cedric Alexander and pinned him for the one, two, three. And as a fan, I didn't need to see that. The thing that really threw this under the bus as well is that in the 24 chasing pack was Shelton Benjamin. So this is why we broke up the Hurt Business, to not use him properly at all. That is just going to turn my brain into mush and make me 
a very sad panda. We then had another interview with Bobby Lashley and MVP, which kind of sums up another problem with Raw right now. We're just over-focusing on the same guys. They said exactly what they had said an hour or so before, because of course they did. What else was going to come out of their mouth? They weren't going to do the can-can. That wouldn't have been any good. It did lead into our main event, though, which was the remaining members of the Hurt Business taking on the New Day. And I thought this was really good. It started with a bunch of dives from Xavier and Kofi Kingston in order to get these digital screens going. And after that, it was basically wrestling tennis when they went back and forth and back and forth. Also, this is MVP's first match in ages, so it was good to see him back in the ring. And sure, there were some communication errors along the way. But as I always say, have you ever made a mistake? Yes, you have. Professional wrestlers are allowed to make mistakes too. This ended nice and simply as well, because MVP went for the playmaker. But Kofi Kingston was like, no, dude, I am better than you so he hit the trouble in paradise and he pinned Bobby Lashley's manager so now you can go oh my gosh maybe he can go on to money in the bank and become the WWE champion now what I believe will happen is that he won't and we'll get a proper match between Kofi and MVP which we just laid the seeds here too so I'm enjoying all of this long-term stuff as long as I'm correct. Kofi Kingston is also one of the best baby faces in all of professional wrestling at the moment, so this was a nice way to end Raw. But otherwise, it's just so hit and miss. I kind of feel like we are waiting for fans to be back, which thankfully is going to be in a couple of weeks. But overall, there was just too many reruns on this Raw and a lot that I couldn't care about. This is always very upsetting. Just getting it down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.